Thanks for joining us today for TED Speaks with your host, Ted Carew, the Positive Safety Coach. As co-host and Ted's wife, I have the added task of keeping Ted in line and laughing at his jokes, which isn't always easy. My name is Barb Carew. We are coming to you from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, home of the Brewers, Miller Beer, and the Fonz. How could it get any better than that? Our podcast focuses on sharing ideas with business owners and safety professionals to keep employees safe and families together. Our passion for keeping people safe is the reason Total Health and Safety Solutions was created. This is how Ted is able to share his 25 years of safety experience by supporting companies around the globe in their efforts to strengthen their health and safety process. Please join us in welcoming Nick Moe. Nicholas Moe, soon to be graduate of the University of Wisconsin-Platteville, is majoring in occupational safety management with a minor in production and manufacturing management. He worked as a safety intern at Wisconsin Homes in Marshfield, Wisconsin. Nick holds the vice president role of the American Society of Safety Professionals at the University of Wisconsin-Platteville. Upon graduation, Nick accepted a job offer at Crystal Finishing Systems in Schofield, Wisconsin, where he will be a safety specialist. Nicholas looks to learn and grow in the safety profession through years of experience of gaining knowledge under the leadership of other great safety professionals. Nick is also looking into the idea of pursuing a master's degree in risk control and safety management. Good morning, Nick. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Just good? <laughs> Just I'm doing great. It's a great day to be live. <laughs> Not everyone's as energetic as Ted in the morning. Yeah. So. <laughs> Well, Thanks for joining us, by the way. Yes, we're, we're very excited to have you on the podcast. You and I have worked together, so uh, I'm excited for you to share some of your information and, and knowledge um, with with our uh, listeners and uh, moving forward. So you kind of want to just give a quick background about yourself, Nick? Yeah. So I uh, I grew up in western Wisconsin, um, kind of the smack middle of the state of Wisconsin, and I uh, graduated in 2019. Um, from there, I went to the University of wisconsin Platteville. Um Originally started at Platteville in construction management, but soon found out that uh, I kind of picked up uh, the safety, safety profession. And from there, I kind of just took off. Um, so I changed my major to occupational safety. Um, and I will be graduating this May um, 2023. And I uh, just recently got a job at Crystal Finishing back uh, back in Schofield, where I grew up. So a little bit about me and I uh, hope to learn a lot from this podcast and I'm uh, ready for it. Well, congratulations on the upcoming graduation date yes. and the fact that you Thank have you. A, a job lined up that it, says a lot about absolutely. you. So. It, it must be nice to be able to graduate and have a job. I, I didn't have that opportunity for some reason. I don't know why that was. Could, I could have been me. It, <laughs> it's great at UW Platteville. They're, they're uh, hired after graduation. It's just, or before graduation, it's just phenomenal. Um, majority of the students and friends that I know here already have jobs lined up. So it's a great school. That is really great. I think that's something that's changed a little bit since we went to school back in the day. And I think when it's so specific, you know, what you're going for, I think if it's business in general and such, sometimes it might be harder to find that opportunity right away. But good for you. We have, well, I was going to say our oldest is 22 and we have a 20 year old and just that, you know, that stage of life where you're trying to, you know, we have one that's still trying to figure it out, and it's just a, a journey. So for you to kind of have that direction right away, and you said that'll be back. Is that your hometown? Did you say? Yep, hometown. So Schofield West, and same thing. And I, uh, you know, one of the things I wanted to do sometime in my near future was move back home and get a good job. Oh. And, 
it just happens I was right out of school. So we'll see where it takes me. I'm excited for it. Good for you. Good for you. Well, you'll be very successful. I'm very confident in you, Nick. And again, I'm very glad that, that you're on the show. As a current student, almost graduating, which let's let's make sure you get there first, right? <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> why did you choose safety as a profession? I know you kind of talked a little bit about it, but w- what's the real reason that you're passionate about safety? Yep. So Back to what I said before, like I originally came here for construction management and my freshman year, we had taken a course and it was called the principles of safety and risk management. And it was, it was, it really covered like the basics of safety mm-hmm. and risk management all in one. And it was a semester long class. And, uh, you know, I, after taking that class, I thought safety was something that a profession that I could excel in. Um, mm-hmm. And something interested in me about it. And for the longest time, I didn't know what it was about safety. Um, but when I changed my major to occupational safety, I kind of learned personally that, that it was it was about the people it was about keeping the people safe um and from after keeping people safe you also protect the companies whether that be from fines or whatever but it was it was truly about keeping the environment safe building a safety culture it's just like it was something that i thought i could be good at in the future so that's kind of why i took up safety challenging and rewarding right i mean that's kind of what absolutely what probably yes. drew you to it exactly exactly i would say you'll learn that there's not a lot of dull moments right yeah, I, I, we, <laughs> we learned that in the time that you and I worked together, right? There were no dull moments, yeah. right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's always fun. It's always fun. I also um, like what you said, especially for um, a young professional entering the field, to keep people safe and protecting the company or the business. I feel like, you know, that's something I've learned with working next to Ted in this business that we've created is, you know, the first thing, yeah, is keeping the people safe and that's what makes our hearts warm and such, but protecting the company, you know, mm-hmm. it's a business, it has to run, you have yep. to make money and it's a big factor that I don't want to say people forget about, but maybe sometimes people when they're not wanting to invest in safety because everything's mm-hmm. going okay, the smaller companies sometimes realize that it, it benefits them in many ways, correct? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. And I think it's, it's a matter of time. Like when you're a small company and you know, you're doing good, you don't have a lot of injuries, but you don't really have good safety culture. It's just a matter of time, whether something bad happens that they do find out safety is one of those things that there needs to be, it needs to be implemented. It needs to be there to ensure like, you know, you're not dealing with catastrophic losses and whatnot. Right. Well, you know, what happens when luck runs out, right, Nick? I mean, that's exactly. kind of yes. what you're talking about there is yep. you can be lucky for a while, but eventually it's going to, it's going to come back and, and, and get us somehow. So being able yes, to be absolutely. more of that proactiveness um, that you uh-huh. and I worked on over the last summer, right. Of being more yep. proactive and, and looking, looking for the issues and sometimes not making everybody happy when we do discover those issues. Right. Exactly. Yep. That's part of it. Um, I kind of want to go back. You know, you are a current student, student almost graduated. We talked a Did little- Did we say that enough yet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, before we, um, you know, connected via Zoom, we talked about um, how much of learning has been virtual for you. <laughs> if we talk about uh, which ways everyone learns differently, if you can kind of touch base on how- you learn better. I know we've talked about virtual. Um, I know you did an internship. That's a way of learning um, the normal yep. class setting. And then I know we've talked a bit about, you know, mentoring. Can you just sum up what works for you? I know everyone's different. Yep. So me personally, growing up in the hands-on where I'm, I went to DC Everest and DC Everest had a lot of hands-on. So from there, my personal experience, I learned a lot better from experience. You know, mm. it's the hands-on work, the doing the work. It's books are good. Books have a lot of great information. There's a, you need to read books. You need to know regulations. You need to know standards. 
but you also need to know like the real life aspects and the real life aspects I think come from the experience, the hands-on work. Um, and one thing nice about UW Platteville is they have, they have a state-of-the-art safety lab. So as far as like PPE, like we have a lot of hands-on classwork, a lot of, you know, going out to the community, actually doing the work for classes. And I think that I learned better like that oh. versus, you know, sitting in the classroom, professors, you know, teaching you, you know, that's, this is what you do. This is what you don't do. And it's great. Some kids like learn like that, but me personally, it's doing the work, learning how to do it, learning not what not to do. And I think it just, it kind of, it just kind of flows for me like that. So actually being able to apply it. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. I get that. Would that be something that when you start your job, you're going to be involved in teaching other people and training other people? Will you, I'm assuming you'll utilize that, like how you've learned best and try to do more hands-on, but also is there that factor of, hey, not everyone learns like me, so knowing where the balance is of the teaching method or the training method? Yep. Everybody does have that balance. And some people learn better when you're actually teaching them. You'll kind of go through like, say, if you're doing a presentation or slides, like teaching them the slides and then some people learn better. You know, you teach them the slides, but then you also like apply it and you'll putting on a harness for like fall protection. Just say, you know, you teach them how to put on a harness, but then actually have them do that. So they learn it and do it. Agreed. Um, so I think you can, you can find middle grounds to, for people who learn one way or the other. So I think it's just a matter of, you know, kind of learning those, those ins and outs of different atmospheres. Yeah. I know, Ted, you've talked a lot about you can go and teach someone something and talk about it, but unless you actually have to implement it or do it, it doesn't really mean anything, right? Exactly. Right. I mean, yep. you, you have to make sure that you have all that, um, you know, you can do the training, you can do the classroom like you're talking about, Nick, but until people actually get to do it and, and demonstrate it themselves, a lot of times I don't think they're quite getting it. I mean, you can't tell somebody, hey, this is how you use a, a nine-inch grinder because just watch the video and you'll be good. Well, there's a lot to learn about <laughs> a nine-inch grinder and it come back and bite very quickly. So uh, just learning mm-hmm. those kind of things. Wouldn't you agree, Nick, on, on that kind of oh, thing? Absolutely. And it's and sometimes people will learn when they don't put the time, they'll learn when the mistakes happen. Yeah. Like in that, in that kind of scenario, like you can learn the safety protocols of grinder until, you know, you break a disc or something and then it's, that's how they learn sometimes, but. Yeah. But hopefully we can control it a little bit, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Get some knowledge. Yeah. In, unfortunately in safety, if you learn the hard way, it, it can be detrimental. So. Very true. Yep, exactly. You know, Nick, being a young safety professional, what aspects uh, do you think is probably most important uh, for a company's safety program? Or as we like to say, process, right? Because programs are canned. We like to say process. Yep. But- so I think to have a beneficial safety program for safety process, I think you need to have a safety culture. Uh, with safety culture, it comes with, you know, having one communication with your employees, but two trust with your employees. Um, and I think personally that comes not just from like, you know, your safety department, but I think you also have to have trust and commitment from your upper management of the company. You know, if, if they're not involved, it's basically just some guys who say they're safety telling everybody what to do. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it takes the whole management whole, all the way from top to bottom of company to build a culture of safety, give employees a reason to be safe, not because they have to, but because they want to. And I think that's, that's personally the most beneficial thing about safety, in my opinion, just from what I've learned over the, you know, the past three and a half, four years um, through internships, jobs, and um, school. So I think it's, it's any, any company, I think, can have the potential to have 
a great safety culture. Therefore, it's it's the employees wanting to be safe. Right. Because in the end, really, why wouldn't you want that? But sometimes it's showing them and convincing them that you're not invincible and it you do have to put the effort into into being yep. safe, I guess. Well, yep. it's really forming that culture, you know, not not even just a safety culture, but a culture, right, within the mm-hmm. organization. And, and once you get that going, a lot of good things usually happen. You, uh, communication improves. People want to be there. People, you know, it just all, all snowballs after a while of how great it really can be. And so that's yep. kind of, I think, what you're you're kind of referring to, right? And, and I'm sure yes. with your new employer here, you're, you're going to be able to start that process. Exactly. Yes. And I mean, Crystal Finishing's got a great safety team. Um, they've been, they've had just amazing record last couple of years. So I'm, I'm excited to join that team and I'm, you know, bringing in the, the younger eyes, being fresh out of college. I'm excited what we can do. Yeah. That's a positive thing. Well, yeah. And they've picked up a very, very good young safety professional. And you're going to be very successful that. in your career, Nick, uh, just, Thanks. you know, with you and I working together for a summer. I know you will be. So that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the show here today. Yeah. Um, Thank you. you. You know, you talked about safety culture being important, and I um, I love the two things you brought up, communication and trust. Very important. It seems simple, but I, I think that it can get overlooked very easily. So going into this new career for you, you're going to run into obstacles. And what do you, I guess, how would you handle something where you observe an employee neglecting to be safe and maybe you get a little pushback? Do you have an idea of how you're going to kind of walk through that? Yep. So, you know, I've I've kind of dealt with this in the past, but um, I think it's a little different for me being so young than I am. And most most of the time in a company, you have, you know, their safety managers, safety specialists, and they're usually a little bit older than a fresh out of college kid. Um, so hey, I think hey, one of the, one of the struggles. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. But the, yeah, no, I think being as young as I am, I think one of the things I'm going to deal with is, you know, if I try to tell an employee, you know, that got to wear your safety glasses or you're not wearing your proper PPE, it's, they're going to look at me as, you know, you're just that kid fresh out of college. Like, mm-hmm. There's no reason I should listen to you. Yeah. And I, I think like, I just picture in my head, like that's how it's going to go. And I want to be able to confront that situation. As you know, not not being the safety police, like I said before, but giving a, like telling them why why they have to wear their safety glasses in the, in the first place. You know, it's you know people get eye injuries, people lose their eyes. Like, do they want to go home and see their family? You know, giving them a reason to want to, kind of like I said before. And I think so. It, it's a matter of when you approach an employee. For me, it's not right away boss them around, telling them they got to do it. They have they have to know they have to do it. But I also want to have you know have that the communication. And build that trust and get them to understand why we want them to, why everybody else wants them to, and why everybody else should be doing something and not, you know, not neglecting um, safety protocol. And Have them do it because they want to do it, right? Not exactly. necessarily because they're being forced, right? Exactly. Exactly. It'll be a win-win all around, but I'm, I'm sure that that's not always easy. So. Yes, it's not always easy because I've, I, I've, again, I'm still young, so I haven't been in the, you know, the job for too long, but I think, you know, I almost know there's going to be, there's going to be employees who are going to, they're not going to want to do something. You know, I took a class at high school. One of the things was safety glasses. I never liked wearing safety glasses. I never liked wearing ear protection, but it's one of those things that, you know, it's going to benefit you in the long run because, you know, you're going to have your eyes, you're going to have good hearing. Right. So it's, it's, they should do it. And I think the fact that you are going into it with this mindset of what to expect and kind of humbling yourself on your approach, that's, that's going to make a big difference. Oh, absolutely. And, and Nick, you're going to do a great job with that. Um, but it's going to be tough, right? I mean, being a young safety professional, you're going to be working with people that have been 
veteran, you know, whatever they do there. And you're going to have to be able to deal with that. Right. And being able exactly. to work with that and, and, you know, seek first to understand and then to be understood is, is kind of the way that you like to operate. Correct. Yep, exactly. And I think time will tell. And it's just a matter of, you know, getting into the job. Like you said, not the same culture, but learning the culture, how employees are. And it's just, it'll take time, but I've yeah. learned from a lot of, a lot of good safety professionals already that what I should expect. And that's what I'm, what I'm staying open-minded to. Yep. That sounds good. If we can kind of wrap things up and could you maybe give our listeners three tips you would give younger individuals pursuing the career in safety? Yep. So I would say the first tip right off the bat, um, when pursuing job opportunities in safety, I personally always look for how involved their upper management is. I think, you know, their C-suite, their, I, I personally think their C-suite, C-suite has to be very involved because you need the, uh, the push from, you know, C- CEOs, you need that financial push for, you know, funding and whatnot. But I think overall, you just need that upper management involvement to have a beneficial safety program. Um, so that's one of the things that I personally look for when I was looking for jobs. And I, that's one of the questions I always ask when during interviews is how involved is your upper management? Oh. Um, and I think actually Ted, Ted, Ted alert, uh, kind of <laughs> mentioned that back when we worked together. <laughs> and, um, I've also heard that from the, uh, couple other people. The second thing I would have to say, is stay open-minded. Um, as a safety professional, you have to, you can't, you can't like focus in on one thing. You have to look at all aspects of a company, of the job. And you know, there's always room for improvement in any kind of, you know, if you were applying for a job and they really don't seem like they have a good safety program currently, you have to say, oh, mind you have to think that, you know, this can be not the best of the best because no safety programs can be perfect, but it can, you have to, it can be better. Yeah. It's always, there's always a term for improvement. For sure. And then the, yep. And then the third reason or third thing I would have to say was, uh, be open opportunity is one of the things I always did originally when I started looking for jobs is I was trying to focus in on certain areas, but I kind of learned that job opportunities are everywhere and you have to be willing to travel. You have to be willing to go to different places. Um, and that, that kind of opportunity kind of comes with getting outside of your comfort zones. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I struggled with because I was not much of a public speaker, especially out of high school, but throughout college, throughout internships, I've learned to be able to public speak. Um, so that's one of the things, especially as it's in the safety profession, you need to be able to talk to people, you need to be able to communicate Absolutely. Long, large groups and small groups, um, and then get being involved as well with when it, whether it be safety committees, safety boards. And for me through school, I joined the American Society of Safety Professionals and I, um, I think that was probably one of the better things I did through school. So I would say that was, that was probably a third one. Um, but yeah, that was, I would say those were my top three. I think those are all, all really good. And, um. You know, even that last one, being open to opportunity, and um, like you said, that means putting yourself in uncomfortable situations and and growing. Like, um, I, I would not have guessed from from this chat here that you know public speaking wasn't your thing before. It it can be yeah. like for some people it's natural, and for some people it mm-hmm. has to be learned and developed. But I agree with Ted. I think you're going to have a lot of success moving forward. Well, there's there's no doubt. I appreciate Nick, that. And, and we're, we, Barbara and I are very excited about the opportunities that are out there for you. And most importantly, the difference that you're going to make with families, right? Keep your families together. Um, But one thing I want to talk about uh, first is, again, just trying to remind everybody that we do now have online training available uh, through our website, www.healthandsafetynow.com. And go to TED Ed and uh, 
you can help yourself if you're struggling with training, if you're struggling with uh, not getting the training up on time or whatever you may need, this online training has that resource for you. We also provide train the trainer throughout that too. So give that a uh, try and let us know what you think of that. Uh, but Nick, again, thank you very much for being on the show. But now comes, well, I got to be honest with you, one of my favorite parts of this show. <laughs> and especially with you, I had to pick out one special for you, but Barb gets to go first. So Which one's okay. the one okay. that's, do I get to say this one? Yes, you do. Okay. Okay. Nick, why did the scarecrow get a promotion? Did the scarecrow get a promotion? These are just like the jokes you probably have at college that you're, you know, yeah. talking about. You know, I'm sure no. the same. These are clean dad jokes. Why did, that one, that one has, that's, that's got me stumped. He was outstanding in his field. Oh, because <laughs> he's a scarecrow. Right, that's a good one. That's, yeah, yeah, that is a pretty that's good, a good one. one. Yeah, okay. That's a good Let's one. All right. I, are you ready for mine? I think so, yes. <laughs> <laughs> what did the triangle say to the circle? What did the triangle say to the circle? Did the triangle say to the circle? Dad. That one's also got me stumped. Nick, what's the point? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I get it. Okay. Okay. That's a good one. Yep. Yep. <laughs> hey. I, I think uh, I think mine was better. So No. Nick, which one was better? No, no pressure here. I would though, say of split them right down the middle oh, there. Oh, boom, okay. Boom. Okay. <laughs> okay. Good hey, answer. Nick, uh, thanks again for being on the show. If somebody wanted to get a hold of you and maybe uh, get some information from you, how would they go about doing that? Um, I think the best way to get a hold to get some information would be my LinkedIn post. Um, it's just Nicholas Mo. Um, it, one of the top ones should be on there. Um, I think that's probably the best beneficial way to get a get a hold of me, Perfect. connect with me. Well, well, so yeah, I was going to say thank you for joining us. It was nice to get absolutely. to know you, and good luck moving forward next month graduation. And there you go. Yes, absolutely. Thank you again, Yes, and have a super safe day. Thanks, Nick. Thank you for listening to TED Speaks with Ted Carew, owner of Total Health and Safety Solutions, providing health and safety support to businesses by customizing a safety process to fit their needs, big or small. Please connect at ted.carew at healthandsafetynow.com or visit our website, healthandsafetynow.com to share your safety stories or find out more about how we can work together to ensure your people go home safely and turn an expense into a profit center. Follow us and leave a review on your favorite podcast app. Have a super safe week. 